Hello, this is the playground. My name is Julia and today I wanted to talk about the topic of things we should talk more about. I decided on this topic because I was having a conversation with someone about politics and they brought up the idea that they don't really like to talk about politics because it can be polarizing and uncomfortable. And while I understood that sentiment, I realized that uncomfortable conversations are one of the most conversations to be had, whether it be about politics or your feelings or taboo topics. I think all of those topics need to be discussed about and there needs to be a dialogue about them. I think that whether or not we have a dialogue about things that make us uncomfortable, they're still real. And so to talk about them gets them out in the open and we can have a better understanding of that topic. And maybe if there's an issue, there can be a solution based off of dialogue and discussion. And I wanted, I've been, I've had this idea to talk about this topic in my head for such a long time and it was really difficult for me to choose a song. The first thing my mind went to was, oh, if I want to discuss a topic about things you should talk more about, why don't I play a guilty pleasure song? Something that I don't typically advertise to be something that I like, but now is going to be something I'm going to talk about. Um, and then I couldn't even really think of a song that fit this topic. And so it's actually been, I would say, if not a few weeks, then at least a good seven days for me just stewing on which song I should choose. And so I got to a point where I really needed to choose a song and record this episode. And so I thought, well, you know what? Why don't I choose a song that makes me feel like the best version of myself? And what I mean by that is I think when I feel most confident, that is when I feel like I'm able to talk about things that typically aren't said. And so I chose the song Swing Lin, the slowed version by Harmless.
Okay, that was Swing Lin by Harmless, the slowed version. Um, so this episode is going to be a little bit different because I usually analyze the lyrics of the song and this song in particular I chose not because the lyrics were relevant to the topic but because I have a story that goes along with the topic. Um, what's actually funny is that these lyrics in my <laughs> the way I interpreted it was that these lyrics are basically a dialogue between two timid people who are scared to say what they want and um it's funny because I'm the topic today is really just about being open about topics and things the first thing I wanted to start off with is the story of what the song means to me so back in 2020 I when I first moved to New York I was new to the area I would take walks and I would just walk around the city and explore and look at the things on the street and it was so much fun for me because on these long walks I would just listen to music and um, during possibly the spring of 2021 um, I this was a song that I would walk to and just for context during the spring of 21 2021 it was a time of rebirth if that makes sense I was just in a state of reinventing myself almost 2020 was a time and period of change and evolution and growth and being knocked back down and having to rebuild and so spring of 2021 was really just kind of seeing how I rebuilt myself and how I reinvented myself and I was walking down Fifth Avenue the song was playing and I think during this period of time, it wasn't a full reinvention. I would say my reinvention fully took place during the summer. So this is kind of like a premature reinvention of myself. But I remember walking to the song and really thinking about what, who is my best self? What does that mean to me? what does it feel like to be the best version of myself? What will I be doing as the best version of myself? What types of ideologies and practices and beliefs do I hold as the best version of myself? So I was really thinking about all these different aspects to my, the best version of myself. And as I was listening, listening to the song, I could picture it in my head. I could picture myself and I could almost feel what it felt like to be in that phase of my life. And it just made me so happy. And as I tell this story, 
I have a weird mix of feelings of almost like, was I, is it bad that I was so unhappy with myself in that moment of time that I was thinking of a completely different version of myself to be happy with? Or is it good because I have aspirations to be a, a better version of myself, to be better in general? And I think that there's a balance of which I think that when I was thinking of this in my head, it wasn't like I wanted to be a completely different person. At the end of the day, that vision in my head was still me and that vision in my head was still a version of myself that was aligned with my values and my interests and things like that. But I would almost say that the picture in my head, or at least what I was envisioning, was someone who was me, but older, and just seemed more self-assured of herself. So I think there's a balance of not wishing you were someone else, but also realizing what areas you should work on and build. And I sit here now, almost almost a year from having that moment and I now question if I am if I if my past self would have been proud of who I am today and I think she would be I think I've grown a lot even since last year um, and I think she would have been intrigued by how things played out but I think that she would have ultimately been proud of how even though things did not go smoothly I think it was handled well um I guess I will have to revisit this episode in a year and <laughs> reflect on what I just said but that being said um I wanted to mention the anecdote because when I thought of the song and what it means to me and how I felt in that moment, it made me think about how in addition to that quote-unquote best version of myself being self-assured, I think that also connotes to me confidence and being able to speak my mind and opinion and that really goes with being able to talk about things that are uncomfortable. And I remember in 2020, two years ago, I had a real issue about not being able to communicate. Not so much about politics and the news and current events. I had a real issue about communicating about myself, my feelings, what I wanted and what's really interesting to me is how communication is in every area of our lives and it's crucial to really understand how to communicate and yet I don't feel like there's enough emphasis on communication. In our education, um, we learn English, we learn about literature, but do we learn how to communicate? That is a question. I think a lot of the times communication is thought of a soft skill. 
um, in my high school actually, during my senior year, they implemented, um, I, I think it was called SEL, soft something. Um, I'm not quite sure what the acronym is, but they tried to incorporate some soft skills into our curriculum. And it was really interesting to see it kind of play out because even the teachers who were teaching the class didn't take it seriously. And I think that was a very unfortunate moment. It was a wasted opportunity, really. Um, communication is so undervalued in some senses, but it is insurmountable in how valuable it is. Um, I can see how it is valued in some areas and fields, say social media, advertisement, marketing, but I think in other areas, there is a lack of educating people on communication and how to do that, and not even just in a professional setting, but in one's personal life as well. So one of the first topics that I wanted to touch on that we should talk more about is politics. Um, that was kind of my first anecdote, but I think that there needs to be an interpersonal discussion about politics and not just with people who, same, who share the same thought process and ideas as you do with other people. It's really uncomfortable to have these discussions when you stand so, when you might stand so strongly to your ideologies and when the other person does as well. I took a course called Creative Democracy where there is a section in the curriculum where we discuss the importance of having an open dialogue about everything and how because of that open dialogue, people are able to make connections to each other and see their humanness and make decisions for the betterment of the community and not just for themselves and the people that they don't know and versus the people that are quote unquote in their bubble, their circle. I think this is a really complex topic because on one hand, is it really productive to have political conversations with people who are not well educated, who are not well informed on the matter. I think in some cases, yes. And to clarify, I think that having conversations when it's supposed to be informative, spoken by non-informed individuals, yes, that's not quite productive. But I think, yes, it is important to have conversations with people who are uninformed because I think that when conversations occur with two people who don't know information, I think that questions are one of the best ways to progress that dialogue. I think that a lot of the times in society it's looked down upon when you don't know something, when you're not knowledgeable on something. It can really hurt someone's ego and it can really hurt someone's personal identity when they feel like they're in a room where everyone's speaking and they feel like, look, I may not know much on this topic, but now I have to stand by it because everyone else seems to know what they're talking about. It's kind of 
I mean, I'm no psychologist, but I feel like there's some sort of psychology behind that where it's like everyone's putting up a front as if they know everything. So then everyone just does that. And then it becomes very difficult to have a dialogue because everyone just has their guard up. I think dialogues, especially in areas of which that are meant to inform people, they need to be approached in a matter where everyone's coming from a place of trying to reach an understanding rather than someone trying to prove their point. That being said, there is a level of distrust in our society. And it's really unfortunate because people who are specialists, who are experts, who are scientists, who know the facts, aren't able to have as much authority as they should be having because there's so much distrust and defensiveness. I think any interaction where humans are meeting and interacting with another human, there must be an understanding that we're coming from a place of care. We care about our beliefs. We care about what we are fighting and supporting. But there also has to be a care for the person in front of you, behind you, right beside you. This really goes back to a previous episode where at the end of the day, we're all connected. I think that what I've learned from my creative democracy course is that when there are dialogues, when there are discussions, it's not about proving a point. Because at the end of the day, there is so much diversity in the world that we're not all going to hold the same beliefs. But at least to come to an understanding of one another is incredibly impactful. And I think that we can get so upset and so emotional when you feel like someone is attacking your true core beliefs. And that's not to say that that's not a valid feeling, but I think that what we forget is when we feel like someone is coming at our personal beliefs, the other person on the other end probably feels the same way. And so to approach matters that are so close to how we identify must be approached in the most humanistic way as possible. That is all to say that in a perfect world that would happen. In a perfect world, things would play out where experts would be able to spread their research and be given the authority that they worked so hard to obtain and study for. And then the public would be able to analyze that data and information. But unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world and in a utopia. And to come to a solution on a matter that seems vast, that is vast, must start small. What I mean by that is start with the people around you. I'm thinking now about how 
I was listening to my dad do a presentation and at the end of his presentation, he concluded by saying something very similar about how human rights starts small. It starts with the small interactions you have with the people around you. And I think anything big starts small. And same goes for this topic. Start small. It's kind of like that saying like, just a smile can really change someone's day. A thank you, a please. Those small, small little things can really change the trajectory of something. And if enough people do it, it'll create a bigger change and so on and so forth. So I think when I talk about how we should talk more about politics, it's that we should not only just have open discussions because it's an exercise of humanity, it's an exercise of listening, it's an exercise of human connection. It's a very difficult and nuanced topic, which is why there needs to be more discussion on it. To not interact with something because you're scared of the monsters that hide within it doesn't mean that it's not going to be there. If you interact with the monster, maybe you could be friends with it. Maybe you could learn about it some more. And if you learn about something more, that means you'll have a better understanding of how to better navigate it, how to best interact with it. I think a lot of the time, scary things, things that are thought to be too difficult, are not spoken about. Because I think that there is a belief that we shouldn't, like there's no point in talking about politics because I'm never going to make the other person believe me. But I don't think talking about politics should be framed in that way. I don't think we should talk about politics to make someone else believe you. I think you should talk about politics because we're talking about it anyways. It's on the news, it's in the media, but it's who we talk politics about with is what I find interesting. There's a lot of discussion about polarity in politics. And so to not talk about politics with people who may not be in your party is polarizing politics even more. A lot of the times, the disparity between the two parties is just attacks on each other and their ideas and their beliefs. That's not productive to attack the other party. I think that the likelihood of you changing somebody else's opinion who is really entrenched in their beliefs is low. Because of that, I think the best way to approach a dialogue with someone who holds different beliefs than you is to reach an understanding of your humanness. The idea of politics and beliefs is that you hold these 
ideals so close to you because you believe that that's what's best for yourself, your community, the country. And they stem from a well-meaning place. And to reach that base level of humanness can do wonders in just seeing the other person and hearing them. This is a small little anecdote, but I worked in food service and whenever I had guests come in that maybe were a little bit curt with me, the best thing I could do was just listen to them, was to just see them on a human level. And that completely shifted the whole tone of the situation. And it might sound small and inadequate when looking and facing all these terrifying real issues that we have to find solutions for. But I think when you change the tone on something, it changes the whole entire mood. I kind of think of it as like in theater when you change the lights on something. It's a small change, but it entirely shifts the production and how one can interpret it. I hope that makes sense, but in my mind, I picture something on stage. Maybe it's a dance, and maybe the lights are red for the first movement. But if you were to change the light to maybe a purple, or a yellow or a green that completely changes the whole mood and tone but it was only that color shift that light shift that one little change that completely shifted the tone the mood the context the next topic that i think we should talk about more of that we should be more open about is and this i'm gonna say a few things but they all kind of fall in the same category to me feelings wants needs and boundaries these are all things that need to be talked more about i've talked a lot in previous episodes about being scared to be vulnerable with your feelings and i think that if someone were to make fun of you or be mean to you about how you feel, then that says so much more about them than who you are as a person. As far as wants go, I remember being in a situation with someone where I was so scared to express what I wanted, even what I needed, because I didn't want to come off as needy. I didn't want to be a burden on them. And again, I mean, I can include boundaries in this as well. I didn't even want to set boundaries with this person because I thought that was rude. I didn't want them to not like me. All of these insecurities came up. And it was so just, it wasn't a happy, dynamic to be in and this can also be i mean i think that this is also a scary topic to discuss because 
your feelings, what you want, what you need, and your boundaries are something that is so vital to who you are as a human being. For example, my feelings, wants, needs, and boundaries aren't going to be the same as yours because all those things make up me. They make up who I am. And so when someone almost rejects those things about you, it feels like they're rejecting you as a person, but they're not. And I think you have to make that distinction because you are more than just these things. And it's okay if someone isn't able to fulfill your wants and needs. I think that just means that you guys aren't compatible together. And it's okay. It hurts sometimes. But there are so many people out there that will be able to carry all of this. And I think you would also be surprised how willing people who are already in your life will want to carry these things for you. Sometimes I feel like people underestimate their value, their worth, and how much people care about them. But I think that the people who do care will absolutely be there to carry these things and to fulfill them or to not cross them. The last topic is, the last topic are taboos. Now, there are a lot of taboos and taboos are cultural. They're also, they also change from community to community. And so I'm not able to speak on all taboos, but again, I think that it's important to talk about things that aren't typically spoken about because I've used this phrase before, but whether or not we talk about it, it's still there. Might as well understand it. There is a power to accepting something. I almost think that to not accept something and to ignore something almost gives power to that thing because you're actively trying to erase it. I think when I think about all these topics, all of this is really just about connection and understanding humans. And I think that there's a hope that I feel whenever I talk about how it's just about understanding and it's just about making those connections and seeing the humanness in everyone. But then I realized that if it, were, if it were that easy, social media would have cured all of the things that I think now could be cured with connection and communication. And so there's a more nuanced solution that comes with all of these topics. And to be honest, I don't know what the more nuanced solution is. I still truly stand by the fact, by the idea that we have to start small with our social circles, with the people we interact with, and then extend that out to other people. And maybe it'll grow. But I also feel like there's this 
sense of that the answer of trying to make connections and understanding and communicating is just one of those slap-on band-aids, like a simple answer for a huge problem. In my creative democracy class, whenever we would read a text about solutions to current day issues, one of my critiques was always a lot of these studies were done in smaller populations, smaller communities. When I think about cultural issues, societal issues, those span so much larger than a, a smaller community. But I think there is a hope in that too, in that if smaller communities can do it, that means it's possible. That means it is possible within a certain amount of people. And maybe it won't span out to billions of people. Maybe there is a solution or a tactic that hasn't even been thought of yet. Maybe something bigger than communication and understanding. Maybe something that is quote unquote universal, like art or music. I'm, I don't know, but there is a beauty in, in just trying. This makes me think of when one of my friends who is vegetarian, she asked me, what's the point of being vegetarian? Like my, the fact that one person like me is not eating meat, it's not gonna change animal cruelty, climate change. And while it might not make a global impact, is it not making a personal impact, a personal statement, if not with you, yourself, than maybe the people around you? I think you have to recognize the power of your decisions and of the actions you take. I don't think every single thing has to make a global impact to be important. I think to conclude this episode, I want to end on this idea of coming together and unifying to create an understanding of humanness sounds completely unrealistic. Something I just thought of was, at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all living a human life. And yet, we can't even extend empathy sometimes to the next human. I guess what I'm trying to say is, we have so many tools, our humanness, social media, the internet. We have so many tools that can create a world of understanding and they're just not being utilized. I don't know how to fix all the world problems, but what's interesting to me is that when I talk about things that should be discussed more, shows how similar we are, but also shows our differences. It's okay that we're not all like each other, whether it be how we look, our ideas, our beliefs, that's what makes a richer world. I don't think the goal is to try to make everyone think like you, to act like you. I think the goal really is to be human, to have faults, but to try and overcome those faults, to try and get outside yourself, 
to try and listen and understand to try to be the best version of yourself whatever that means to you thank you so much for listening this episode made me really think which i really enjoy doing i feel like i went on a huge journey and i really truly hope that the message i said in this episode comes off well meaning not with a malicious intent i recognize that some things i said could be taken out of context but if there is something i said that is offensive in any way or maybe is not understandable please feel free to reach out to me on my instagram the playground pod i would be so glad to start a dialogue or a discussion with you on there again thank you so much for listening i hope you have a great day